The Outline World Dispatch. Wednesday, July 19th, 2017. I'm Tolu Adelnoy. Today on The Dispatch, William Turton talks to someone who's suing Donald Trump for blocking her on Twitter. Removing people from that is distorting the conversation that's taking place under uh, those tweets. And Derek Gaillot looks at hip-hop and R&B by the numbers. This marks the first time the genre has been proven by data to be the largest one in American music. And Adrian Jeffries fills us in about the Office of Government Ethics. He has said that the Trump administration is trampling on ethics traditions and ethics rules. Here's the dispatch. Power. Last week, seven plaintiffs filed a lawsuit against President Trump after he blocked them on Twitter. William Turton spoke to one of those plaintiffs, and he's here now. Hey, William. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's the story about? The Knight Institute for the First Amendment at Columbia is suing the president. Um, They're suing the president on behalf of seven people who have been blocked by the president on Twitter. And their central argument is essentially... The president's Twitter account and the way that he's using it makes it a public forum um, for discussion and debate and for responding to the president's missives, you might say. Um, And because he is blocking these people from his Twitter account, he is depriving them of their First Amendment rights to participate in this public forum. So these people are suing their president? Do they have a strong case? So it's unclear whether the Knight Institute will prevail in this lawsuit. It's kind of like a tricky legal question. Um, But one of the things that the Knight Foundation is using to kind of of bolster their case is the Supreme Court observation um, that social media platforms like Twitter have provided, quote, perhaps the most powerful mechanisms available to a private citizen to make his or her voice heard. Um, So they're saying, you know, the highest court in the land has recognized Twitter in this way as this hugely important tool for expression in that, you know, they're arguing by the president blocking someone, um, he's denying them of this right to kind of express himself, at least against his tweets. So you talked to one of these people suing him, right? Right. So I talked to one of the seven plaintiffs involved in the lawsuit. Uh, Her name is Rebecca Buck-Walter. Uh, I suggested on June 6th, he had uh, tweeted something about winning the White House. And uh, I quoted and replied something to the effect of uh, that Russia had been involved in the election. And uh, shortly thereafter, I was blocked. And she is, you know, really excited about this lawsuit and kind of reclaiming this small piece of her First Amendment right that she feels has been deprived from her. I mean, and it's an extraordinary thing to be able to uh, engage other people in this sort of marketplace of ideas, what other people are thinking and what I'm thinking, and to float my take. Um, And of course, removing people from that is distorting the conversation that's taking place under uh, those tweets. And so Rebecca is a writer and a legal analyst in D.C., and she's claiming, you know, everyone kind of has a different argument as to why being blocked on Twitter hurts them in some way. And because she's a writer, she's saying that, you know, not being able to see the president's tweets and being able to engage with them hurts her in her capacity as a writer. I mean, it's critical to follow to keep up with developments and for me to engage with 
other people and their ideas and the conversation that flows out of his tweets. I can't believe it's just seven, though. Like, I'm sure he's blocked a bunch more people on Twitter. Right. right. And the interesting thing that I want to know that I wondered and asked Rebecca, she didn't really know. Um, but who is doing the blocking? Are you being blocked from the president's Twitter account by his social media manager, Dan Scavino? Or is it our big boy in the White House doing the blocking himself? I think that's a really interesting question. Does Trump know what Twitter blocking is? Another interesting question. Um, but regardless, you know, these people were blocked by the real Donald Trump Twitter account. So when will we find out the results of this lawsuit? So it's still pretty early. Uh, the complaint was filed pretty recently in the Southern District Court of New York. Um, and it's really up to the court. You know, they could see this complaint and decide to issue an injunction, or they could fight it out and, you know, it could take however long the court really wants it to take. But hopefully we'll know by the time Trump's presidency is over. Thanks, William. Thanks, Tolu. Culture. 25.1%. That's the share of all music consumed in the U.S. that's hip-hop or R&B. According to Nielsen Music's 2017 mid-year report, that genre accounts for just over a quarter of all music consumed in the U.S. That segment is even higher when it comes to on-demand audio and video streams. Those are at 29.1% hip-hop and R&B. This marks the first time the genre has been proven by data to be the largest one in American music. It also marks the first time rock has slipped from that top spot, although it still remains dominant by some metrics, making up 42.7% of physical album sales. Overall, Nielsen's report is confirming what many music fans have already known to be true. R&B and hip-hop are the backbone of American music and culture today, but sometimes it takes a while for the data to catch up. We'll be right back. Power. The head of the Office of Government Ethics, Walter Schaub, resigned yesterday after vocally criticizing the Trump administration. Adrian Jeffries is here with the details. Hey, Adrian. Hi, Tola. So what's going on with, with Walter? So Walter Schaub has been critical of the Trump administration since January when uh, Trump was inaugurated. He has said basically that the Trump administration is trampling on ethics traditions and ethics rules and that he is not able to effectively do his job. So he believes he can advocate for stronger ethics rules from outside the government and he resigned and is accepting a job at a nonprofit. So what are some of the things that Trump has done that Schaub felt were unethical? So the big thing is what Schaub sees as an abuse of power for personal benefit, an abuse of the office for business benefit. When Trump took office, he declined to sell his assets. Instead, he transferred them into a trust that's managed by his two adult sons who are he's very close with. He also has been going to Mar-a-Lago, one of his properties, every weekend, which makes that a desirable place to to go and stay because he's the president. So that kind, he's also visited lots of his other properties since he's been in office. So that kind of thing, in Schaub's opinion, is 
an abuse of the office. It is allowing himself to, it's enriching himself by bringing more attention to his business interests by virtue of the fact that he's president. So has he spoken to what kind of thing he thinks he can do from outside? Yeah, so he wants to push for more stringent ethics rules that will be more enforceable. The Office of Government Ethics is primarily responsible for regulating the executive branch. And the director of the Office of Government Ethics is appointed by the president. So that's already a little bit of a problem. Um, The term is five years, so it doesn't overlap exactly with presidents, and there are no term limits. Uh, Schaub was appointed himself by Barack Obama. So some of the things that Walter Schaub suggested would uh, bring better ethics regulations to the executive branch would be to have Congress create new conflict of interest standards for the president, force the president to disclose their tax returns to the Federal Election Commission, and uh, have them posted publicly. And um, he also believes that his former office should have more power to conduct more extensive investigations and uh, give it limited subpoena authority. So will Trump be appointing a replacement? The Trump administration has said it will appoint a replacement. The Trump administration also responded to Walter Schaub by saying he just wanted more power for his office and that he had an agenda was basically just lobbying for for more power for his position. Um, So they kind of tried to undermine him that way. Uh, There's no deadline for when there could be a new director. So, I mean, there are still lots of unfilled positions in the Trump administration, so I wouldn't expect it to happen anytime soon, honestly. All right. Thank you, Adrian. Thanks, Tapu. That concludes The Dispatch. I'm Tolu Adionwe. We'll be back with more stories tomorrow.